Hey guys, welcome to episode 22 of the Grand Life podcast. We've got today with us Audrey Shields, who is an analyst in the DOC uh, department of Accenture, having been a business analyst as a consultant before. Um, but what we're going to talk to Audrey about is more her experience throughout university and the different initiatives that you were involved in there. So you did law and or politics and geography. Politics in, and geography. I got sorry. it wrong again. Politics and geography <laughs> in uh, Trinity. Um, was that a four-year course, three-year course? It was a four-year course. Right, okay. Yes. And w- when you went into that, what was the plan? What, what were you kind of thinking of doing afterwards? To be honest, I think like a lot of people in sixth year, I didn't have much of an idea of exactly what I wanted to do. I loved geography in college, and it was a new course that Trinity put together, politics and geography as a set course. Right. Um, it really interested me, so I decided to just go for something that I like and figure out everything else as I went on. Yeah, okay. Um, what was really interesting about the course, I think, is that no doors were necessarily closed for you from doing it. It wasn't like you couldn't go into any business degrees after, you couldn't go on into other things. It very much was a general enough course that things were still open in all in all types of areas. Mm. Um, the geography side of that isn't what we would have studied in school. It's no. more political than... <laughs> Like yeah, it's not exactly. physical geography. No, no. Yet, you know. Well, actually, you could have done physical geography. Like some people went into more of the science side, looking at like volcanoes and that kind of stuff. I went into the human geography side, okay. which is like globalization and African development and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So that would be really it, interesting. It was stuff. very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It kind of took me by surprise how interesting it got. And did you specialize in any part of that? Did you look, at, say, specifically at African development or anything yeah, like that? Yeah. So I did um, environmental governance and African development. Right. And same from the politics side, I was able to specialize in African politics. I just Kind of zoned in Africa, I found it really, really interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah, so I really, I loved it. it right. Was, One thing I'm kind of learning in um in the business world, is, and people tell you this before, and you kind of see it take shape later on in people's careers is the value in having a niche and the value of having one thing that you're just an expert on rather than being a generalist. Yeah. And I've never this has never dawned on me before, but a course like that allows you to become a real generalist of which there are very few mm-hmm. on particular topics like a company maybe is thinking about expanding in africa to try to figure Definitely. out the political landscape there whatever it might be environmental impacts of their activities Absolutely. countless examples yeah like i remember when i went into um i know we'll touch on this a bit later but when i went into my accenture interview at the start i nearly felt like i was going in at a disadvantage because left to right and center in the, in the waiting room was business and business and all these different business yeah. courses but you go in and they just explain to you that every, like when they're sent out to all these varied clients and different types of people, they need people that are specialised in completely different areas. So when a client comes to them and they say, we're thinking about expanding to Africa, for example, or we're thinking about um, improving our environmental policy, they have somebody that they can send out to that. Yeah. So anyone who's specialised in anything, there's a niche for them. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. And of course, diversity, we talk about it a lot on Grad Life, but mm-hmm. diversity and hiring for graduates. Yeah. And, Diversity applies more to more than just say gender or race or background or anything. It is the diversity of your your education as well, and being able to bring that in. I remember in EY, one of the the best interns from our group, and um, she she was the standout, was a, a nuclear physicist. <laughs> she was studying <laughs> nuclear physics and working in the HR department of an accounting firm. Um, and it was that like she just looks at things from a completely different angle. So yeah. there is such value in that, and. And we obviously talk to uh, graduates and college students, but I'd love to be able to communicate with high school or uh, secondary school students the idea of looking at more sort of abstract courses mm-hmm. than just commerce or BES or Definitely. whatever else it is where you know most people just go to 
in the interests of security. Yeah. There isn't necessarily, there is sometimes, but not necessarily insecurity in going to, out to the edges to, to kind of more, uh, more abstract courses. So where would most people from your course be now, or what, um, what do they go into like? Like I have some of them on Instagram, and one of the girls I'm looking at, she is working for the United Nations as a turtle. She's just saving the turtles basically no, all around no, the world. So she's traveling from continent to continent, working with all these um, endangered species. It's it looks amazing. For me, I would love to do that, but at the same time, I kind of need. I'm a bit of a routine person. That right. Okay. A bit more of a routine to my life. Um, so you don't care about turtles then? <laughs> <laughs> Black and white answer. <laughs> um, it looks absolutely amazing, but it's, it is interesting to look at all the different areas. Another girl on my course went off and did a master's and came into Accenture as well, which was interesting just right. because the two of us didn't quite know that we, we you could have had the possibilities to do mm. that. Um, and yeah, so there, there was definitely a varying of what, where people went after, but it just shows that you can kind of... Yeah, sure. Actually, it makes perfect sense to be in Accenture because consulting and when you do have a, a specified knowledge, yeah, a company, as we say, might need it for a project every now and then, exactly. and you would just lend yourself out to those companies on a kind of contractual basis. Exactly. So it actually makes perfect sense. That, 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 it, it, look, it's fascinating. And as, <laughs> as you know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't very across that, that degree or anything yeah. like that. So when you do that degree, four years, you do... Um, internships and that sort of thing along the way so in our course they don't um they didn't set up any internships for you i think that's a common enough theme across trinity that i know in some other colleges you get time during your third year to go out and do internships yeah. or even during your summers you're set up with them you're not in trinity which is a bit of an issue because you have to go out and find your own one i find particularly in third year college and um, more so than trying to get into a grad program it was more difficult coming from an abstract course to get into an internship right because the internship programs are generally smaller and they want to take in more of the business students just from my own perspective that's what i saw mm. so i applied for a second and third year in college i got good results i there, there were no disasters i um, was part of the snow sports society so it, i had a great time but there was nothing kind of stand out at all on my cv it was right. very much kind of along with crowds and I found it extremely difficult to get an internship. I actually applied to Accenture their internship and I went for the interview and it's supposed to be 45 minutes long. Mine was 10 minutes out the door and a no. Um, in a polite way. And a no. <laughs> and a no. So sometimes <laughs> it's a 10 minutes and a yes. <laughs> and people are I remember walking out thinking it was the fastest 45 minutes of my life and I was like, that's because it was 10. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, and it was the same. I was reaching out to people nonstop during the year, really beginning to panic, to be honest with you, because I knew... To get into a graduate program the following year, I I, I should have an internship. Mm. Um, I, that's kind of the impression I got. Anyways, I couldn't get one. I was emailing, nearly volunteering for internships at that stage, and people were like, just because of our policies, you can't take people on. So yeah. I find it really, really tough. And you would be really worried at that stage. You're doing you know? your exams. You're sending out these emails. And you're getting back. Unfortunately, you can't do it. And you're just yeah. kind of like. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, this is it now. My life is all But um, eventually, um, through a number of letters and calls, and I think I got into an internship in Unilever down in City West. Oh, nice. Um, it was honestly, I'd say, I was on to about fifteen companies, and they were probably the fifteenth, not from preference, just from me being frantic and getting on to everybody. Yeah. And and they, so I went down to them for two months. And worked in their marketing department. So they were all like they own, I'm sure a lot of people know, but they own Noor and Hellman's and HBI Spoon, so it was a great place yeah. to in the summer. <laughs> yeah, God. Um, 
and I was the only intern in the office which was brilliant because you just got thrown into the deep end and this is what we need of you at the end of the day and just started producing things so it was it was really really good but at the same time I remember at the start of the internship they'd kind of tell you what they wanted at the end of the week and you'd be like yeah okay I'll do that and for me it was my first real person job and I remember sitting there being like oh God, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And then time would pass and hours would pass and you'd still be like, now it's too late because I should be halfway through this by now. Yeah. And I remember when I went into my first job as a graduate, I was like, I'm going to ask a million questions. Like the second I don't understand something, I'm going to be like, wait, what to do? How did you do that? No matter how stupid they seemed, I was like, it surely would feel better than sitting there yeah. two or three hours in being like, I should have asked two or three oh, hours Oh, absolutely. <laughs> two, uh, there's two things I want to take up there. First one being... Um, Unilever, because a lot of, I actually think a lot of people don't realize the magnitude of these brands. Yeah. So I used to look at them, and my understanding, and very simple, and you can correct me, is that when you walk in the supermarket, most of the big packaged food brands are probably owned by Unilever. Yeah. Most of the bodily care brands are probably owned by Procter & Gamble. Yeah. And most of the washing up or, or house maintenance brands are owned by this books company called Record Bankers or maybe lesser known but very, very hard to get into and very prestigious place to work. Yeah. It's not a fair, very simple... It is, but at the same time in my house, I say, for example, when I walk around, um, we have like Dove hand wash, that's Unilever. Our, our clothes wash is Surf, that's Unilever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it, it, they do kind of go across the board. I think, I think um, it, from what I've seen, it's largely um, in Ireland, Unilever, Procter & Gamble. But like you say, when I heard of Unilever, I heard of the company um but i didn't understand actually how many brands they own and how, yeah. how much they really really do control around the place but, yeah no it's huge and you can learn an enormous amount one of my favorite kind of um business people is this guy dietrich madishitz and he's the founder of red bull okay and he was a marketer in it was either unilever and pg a camera which one, but he was just a marketer there for right. about seven years and um we're just kind of going around the world and selling whatever it might have been like in like I think he might have been in the household department. And on a trip then, he, he was uh, he was doing some many business trips that he was exhausted when he got to Thailand. And he just tried this stuff that they had in Thailand. We kept him going like all night. <laughs> he was like, oh my God, the Westerners would love this stuff. And that's where he got the idea for a Red Bull. And he hit up the guy who was making it and said, I'm going to take this West for you. And they grew Red Bull from there. Yeah, so yeah. So you never know where a career might lead you from any uh, starting point. But certainly from the FMCG, Fast Moving Consumer right. Goods um, platform, it could go anywhere. Yeah. And Unilever is a great place for people to kind of look at. Second thing I want to take you up on was um, a lesson that I learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. And you just talked about going in and asking as many questions yeah. as you could. <laughs> I took the opposite approach. So when I went into an investment right. bank, I said, I'm going to go in and prove to them that I'm not an idiot. Mm -hmm. And try to make myself look smarter. Mm -hmm. And so go in and... and simply described i'd use this layer system where you've got layer one base fundamental knowledge on a subject layer two on top of that layer three on top of that layer four etc and i'd be going in and i'd be trying to show that i knew something on layer three or four and therefore they would assume that i had that level of knowledge but i wouldn't have the foundation of one two and three underneath that and so i'd end up saying you look really good for something and then you completely screw up something really simple and I couldn't discourage that approach yeah. enough. Like the approach you took is so much more effective, I think. Well, no, yeah, but definitely it's just a thick case of just asking. And I remember everyone used to say to me as well, I mean, like, ask the stupid questions at the start. And in all these introduction talks that companies tend to give, 
they say to ask questions, but nobody wants to be, as you say, the stupid person. Yeah. And nobody wants to be like, how do you open Excel on my computer? <laughs> like that, yeah. Those kind of questions. But you're better off asking them at the start than waiting for the time to pass and people realizing six months in that A, you didn't know the answer and B, you didn't have the cop on to, to ask the question. Yeah, absolutely. And like we've both probably been in situations now where we're talking to a, a group of graduates or interns or whatever it might be. And the person who puts up the hand and asks the stupid question, you don't look as, at them as the idiot in the room. You yeah. look at them as the person who, A, has the courage to ask the question mm-hmm. because you know a lot of people are often thinking these things. You're rarely the only one in the room with the question you're asking. And B, they're, they have the kind of maturity or the, the, the wherewithal to take responsibility for their own learning and actually just go out and, and you know, ask these questions and, and get the answers to them so that they are taking this one, two, three, four layered approach and, and getting them out to me. So yeah, very good, uh, very good lesson <laughs> in there. So you did Unilever, did you think about going full time with them or kind yeah. of going down that route? So Unilever, their main graduate program actually is over in the UK. And right. would have been really, really interesting. I absolutely loved the work there. But when I got into final year then in college, I decided to apply initially for places in Ireland. Um, so I went back into final year after my internship in Unilever and had my CV, which was the same as the one that had gone in and failed in Accenture the year previous, but it just had the Unilever part on. So I knew that would up the CV a bit and it would make a difference. Um, well, it would make a huge difference really that I had that experience. But at the same time, so many people in Ireland and in Dublin in this time are doing, they're doing an internship in their, in their third year or second last year in college yeah. and getting good results. And even when I'm looking at the graduates coming into Accenture this year, people are just getting like better and better and doing more things. So I kind of knew that, yeah, I can have an internship, but I need to show some sort of other involvement in college. Yeah. So that's kind of... I sat down and kind of like looked at my CV the first week of college and fourth year and I was like, this needs to be so good in six months' time. So when I'm applying for all of these um, new pro- or new graduate programs that I'm at least getting to the interview stage and I can, I can talk around them. So I initially went on to companies I was interested in and looked at what um, college societies that they were linked with. So, for example, Anactus is a big one in college that uh, um, a lot of companies like KPMG and then Accenture are, um, they kind of just like link in with students that are involved in it. Yeah, and to my knowledge, Anactus are in most universities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as and I know. DCU, yeah. definitely. Yeah, uh, and, and ECG and yeah. Trinity. So, and, and, and they are actually, I think they're in most Galway as well. Um, so basically what I did was, it was actually during my internship in Unilever. It was August, and I believe it's August again this year. And um, Trinity started looking for people to um, go into the project teams. So I don't know if you've talked about Naftis yet in grad life. No, and I'd love to yeah. get an overview of what they do. And so basically, it um, it's uh, an organisation that puts students together to solve a social problem. So there might be three or four projects within. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very good, yeah, it's really good. Okay. Because it's kind of like students who have time to come together and really make, make a difference. Yeah. So you all come together at the start of the year and throw out ideas, you form project teams, and you start building out a project. So sometimes you might join a brand new project team that's the start of the project and it could be anything from solving um, or helping out with the homeless or I know this uh, one company set up um, a clothes business in Africa and we're importing the clothes into, um, into Dublin and selling them here and they were such beautiful, beautiful clothes 
and it was then got flat like I think two members of the team flew over, set this up, and then started making the links between and sending the money back to this company in Africa. So it's things like that that can really make a difference to a few people's lives. Yeah. And I took on a project that had already been started, and um, it's called Keep Appy. Uh, ben Butler started that, yeah. and it's an app um to look at the or to manage the mental health of students. So it was basically an app to track your good days and your bad days and to feed you information to why maybe you're having your bad days. So say, for example, if you were logging, it's a really, really simple interface. Like it's literally like, how are you feeling today? It takes 10 seconds to do. And um, it'll be like, how are you feeling today? What did you do today in terms of, did you go for your usual run? Did you meet a friend for coffee? Those kind of things. And if you're having a good few bad days in a row, I might say to you, well, you haven't met anybody for coffee in the last five days or you haven't been exercising in the last five days, maybe start incorporating that back into your days again to yeah. make you feel better. So um, I was the project lead for that and there were six people on it. I literally applied through the website during the summer, no prior experience working on apps, no prior experience leading a team. I was completely new to it. And that was one of the biggest things that came up in every interview I did in my final year. Yeah. That was the one that they were most interested in. And the fact that I, I think that you, you went in as a project leader or whatever role you had on it, and it was working with the team, bringing requirements to be software engineers. We got guys in Trinity Computer Science to help us. Um, it tied up nicely because they had to build out a project in their third year. Mm. So we'd link in with them and then going back, kind of like looking at our budget, trying to get budget from companies, reaching out to people. It was brilliant. It was, really, it was a huge learning curve. And another group took it on after me. And I think the app is available in the App Store now. Strange question. Go for it. <laughs> what part of that? I see two aspects there mm -hmm. that you can be really proud of. Maybe more if you look further. Two aspects are obvious to me. You could be really proud of the mission that Keep Happy yeah. has. It's a great mission. Or you could be really proud of yourself for going and biting off more than you could do. Diving into a project manager never done before. Diving into apps never done before. Mm -hmm. Which one of those do you look back on and give you a bit more of a kick? So initially, the first one, like for the, while I was doing it, I was kind of like, oh, this is good. I'm really throwing myself in and I'm nervous doing this and I have to learn a lot. But then as I got more and more invested into the project, you're like, God, this will actually help people. And yeah. It could make a difference. Yeah. So I think it started off with the first and ended, ended on the second. Yeah. Like, That's making a difference. To it's people. unreal. Yeah. But there's other, so you were doing that in final year, but you're doing other things. You were doing yeah. the poncho as well. Final year was tough because it was a reality check for me when I realized that, as I say, my CV wasn't getting me yeah. to where I wanted to go. So it was like, okay, you're going to go helpful out of this year and you're going to have to buy, like as well in Trinity, but final year was 100% for us. So it was oh, studying yeah. nonstop, but then also incorporating in anything I could that was going to help me get into any graduate program. So it was an active. I also did this thing called pocket ponchos. So. Pocket Ponchos is interesting. It was a business I kind of started and I took my brother who had a bit of an entrepreneurial streak in him when he was in college. He was 10 years older than me. Ordered, I think it was 10,000 ponchos, rain mats. Do you know those plastic ones you yeah, wear in a mat? Yeah. So you ordered 10,000 of those um, from somewhere in Asia. They came over and they took up one whole wall of our home. And then he moved away after a few years to Singapore and all these ponchos were still left. just left you with the ponchos? And, just left. and every time my mom would come into the house, she'd just be like, I'm going to sell those. Or she was like, no, I'm going to get rid of those. I'm going to send them away. I'm going to get rid of them. I can't have them in the house any longer. And I was like, girl, I'll just put them on to Dundee before she gets rid of them and see if, if any of them go. So I put a few of them on to Dundee. They were gone that evening. What? So then I was like, I had so many of them. So then I decided I could actually turn this into a bit more of a business idea and make it into kind of a, a venture as opposed to yeah. just kind of like me throwing them on to Dundee. 
so I did things like make a Facebook group and a Facebook page for them and I kept putting them up onto done deal as well and I got a lot of contact through the Facebook group especially charities who were doing fun runs and needed them for the summer and things like that so I was able to do a bit to help out as well as making profit which mm. I really didn't think there was a market for that much of yeah and um, and it was all all the contracts are gone within three months of the summer so it was great. That's unreal. Yeah, it was really what cool. I love about this, so we had Finn Murphy on there a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago, and he was talking about his experience of starting a startup in mm -hmm. college and how, like, you know, a big tech startup, and there's so much to it, and so many moving parts, and you need big funding, and CTO, and put the team together, time, all these different things. That's really cool. And that's starting a business. This is also starting a business, yeah. and this is also really cool, but it takes. A fraction of the investment of all these different resources etc so when someone says oh while in college you should do a venture it doesn't have to be what Finn did it doesn't have to be this massive elaborate thing it can just be a little side yeah. wheeler dealer thing that you actually it just was, make a bit of it was actually a lady that rang from one of the charities that wanted to take some of the punches she said to me on the phone and um, so we didn't we didn't have pocket punch the brand and we had nothing at the stage it was yeah. me putting some up and she rang and she said um we'll take someone we'll advertise your business on a poster and i was like I have a business. <laughs> so I was like, God, okay, so I'll call it Pocket Font and we got a poster made and that's kind of where the branding of it started as Unreal. well. So, yeah, it was kind of somebody putting the idea in like what you're doing is actually a business. And I'm yeah. Like, no, it's good. It's a brilliant, uh, brilliant idea. Great for people to do. Yeah. Um, and it gives you a few bottles as well. It was brilliant. And then it was another thing in the CV that it just kind of like went into, when you went into interviews, it was something that they were kind of, haven't really seen that before talk about that. Yeah. And like you say, it's really cool to be able to do something like Finn did. It, for me in final year I didn't have the time or the resources to do mm. that so it was kind of like what do I have what can I use right now and it was yeah well all the, Finn was lucky and it's not just luck because it's the way his mm. brain works he looks for problems or opportunities or gaps in in basically society where he sees something could be better but he was lucky to have an idea and yeah. for this big thing and if you don't either if your brain doesn't work that way or if you don't you're not lucky enough to just have the idea at that time when you have loads of resource then these little ventures can be a great way to A, enhance your CV, B, get some genuine experience because mm -hmm. you were like unbeknownst to you, yeah. you were the owner and CEO <laughs> of, uh, of Pocket Bottoms. <laughs> so you do kind of end up having this ownership of something and I don't mean that like legal ownership, I mean you're talking to someone and as far as they're concerned you own this idea and you're the representative of it yeah. and there is growth there, there's, there's learning there for sure. And um, so on this CV that went from <laughs> normal to now a rock star, yeah. was yet another, uh, another thing on it, another the thing, yeah. 100 Minds. 100 Minds, yeah, 100 Minds is great as well. And it was one... Wait, were you going to think of something else? No, no, it was 100 oh, Minds. Right. <laughs> there was nothing else. I didn't have time. <laughs> um, 100 Minds was something I always wanted to get involved with uh, throughout college, um, either as a participant or as a campus ambassador. And while I was doing my frantic before finding your search of what can I get my hands on this year, um, 100 Minds Campus Ambassador position came up for Trinity. So 100 Minds is um, a charity that Declan Egan, I think he's founded it? I actually don't know anything because I was away when okay. this all kind of took off, so I'm interested to learn about it. Well, when I got involved anyways, he was the, I think he started it and he did everything for it. And it was basically where they got, it started off with just 100 people in college sent out to make a thousand euro and um, come back with that and it grew so much there's so much interest from interest in it from both sides from um college students who wanted to partake in something that was meaningful but also giving them experience yeah. in a campaign and also from companies in dublin and um, 
companies across Ireland who are really interested in students that had the initiative to go forward and raise money and through really, really creative ways. Some of the things people did for it were so interesting. Like, like the like of pocket ponchos, people setting up these little mini businesses yeah. to make money for it. Um, anyways, when I was in final year, I applied for the campus ambassador position and also as a participant. So the campus ambassador side was going out and trying to recruit as many people as we could that year. And um, we managed, there was a team of us, it wasn't just myself, but we managed to get the most sign-ups ever in Trinity that year, which no was great. I can't, imagine, I can't remember the exact figure, but I think it was around, it was mid, mid 500s, I'd say, so right. it was high. Um, and then, that, so then basically I did that, and then I also went as a participant in it too. So for the participant side, I was quite busy, I didn't have another idea I wanted to go up, so I teamed up with one of my friends, and we did something very simple, we ran a night in Dublin. So we rented Copan and we did raffles. People were so generous with raffle prizes. It was an easy way to make money. It wasn't the most creative, but yeah. it got the job done at the end of the day in a shorter time frame and as least effort as possible. Yeah. We, did, we just did not have the time to do anything more creative at that stage. And yeah. um, But again, it was really, really interesting. Uh, companies took huge interest in it. It was something really good to be involved in. Like you're helping sick children at the end of the day. So it was really, really meaningful as well. Mm. And um, they, they come together at the end and they show a big video of the like impact you have in hospitals and it's really it's pretty emotional. And another great thing they do is they assign you a mentor. So they assign you a mentor from um, a company located near you. So you can get a, a, like you can also identify an area of interest to you. So you always have a connection then, or you you're starting your networking then where you have a connection in a company yeah, of interest exactly. to you. And it's huge, like that's just that's such an advantage yeah. to it. God, there's so many um Things here, one of which is not having time resource shouldn't be an excuse for not getting involved in something. No. That only is true to an extent, but there's a mentor of mine that kind of hammers on this idea that any great venture, any venture, starts with a coalition of the willing. Mm -hmm. So just getting people together who are all down to do the same thing, doesn't matter if there's an overlapping skill set or if that's not optimal at all. Yeah. Just get people who want to achieve a similar goal in a room and they'll end up making it work. And it's such less strain on your resources oh, yeah. you're still involved you still get the learning and experience and that sort of thing um so we've got now this turnaround from really struggling to get internships mm -hmm. acknowledging your shortcomings absolutely going to town on them in uh, in final year while studying for final year exams and then you end up getting uh, multiple offers for yeah so it was i i applied for three um jobs when i let when i was on my grad when i was in final year started finding year. I applied for a huge um, drinks marketing company, a big uh, tech company, tech company yeah. and Accenture. And I managed to get offers from all three of them. And especially for the drinks marketing company, there was one marketing position that they were offering. And there was they said that the year they did 2,000 applications for it. So it literally went from me not being able to get an internship to, to landing in them. Yeah. And, and that was entirely from just really working in final year. Because I always thought, have I missed the boat? Is it too late now? There's been people that have been doing this since first year in college. And yes, if I had, it would have taken so much stress off me in fourth year. Yeah. But it's not too late to turn the ship and, uh, and to get on top of everything. Yeah. And, really, and it's, it was hard, but it wasn't. like I was still able to really enjoy final year too. So it wasn't impossible by no means. And it was it was an enjoyable year and you were able to get through all of this too. Yeah. Well, an idea that I'm really trying to hammer home is that progress, like you mm -hmm. know, career advancement or CV or whatever it is, doesn't have to be mutually exclusive with enjoyment. Like you can mm. absolutely achieve both at the same time if you do things that you're into and really kind of 
Yeah. Well, uh, if you're not into them first, you buy. You really allow yourself to buy into them. And, Definitely, and I was on a ski trip them. in final year. I was doing like really, you know, yeah, things you really like that. Nice. That like you, you really. I, I definitely like took my time off and then when I was in college I was like we're tired now and yeah and stuff. we won't go into Accenture at length because yeah. we got people coming in from Accenture mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks but uh, why did you go like I know the company really top-end companies in both tech and in um, consumer goods mm-hmm. and you went with Accenture what was that decision like that must have been really hard decision. so I contacted people in each company right. and first of all didn't know them I got contacts to just asking people around and looking up on LinkedIn and I talked to them about their day-to-day job what they did and I had to figure out for myself at the time what was important to me. And yes, my work was important. It was important to be going into a nice place and meeting nice people and, and working on something I was genuinely interested in. But something that I really enjoyed the whole way through school and college was I loved getting involved in organizing events. I loved social side of things. And not necessarily just going out and drinking. I mean, kind of like having your ski trips, your golf societies, yeah. having all these kind of societies you could join. And for me, um, Accenture really, really had that. They had all these extracurricular things that you could get involved in. They had such a kind of a plus one side to their just the day to day job. So, for example, in Accenture, I've been on two ski trips with them. I've been on a tag rugby tournament trip to London. Like they do all these really things. Like you walk in, and I went to school and college in Dublin, so I have my friends from here. But you've an entirely different circle now of people that I never would have met otherwise. Yeah. And I spend so much of my free time with them now because they're oh, yeah. genuinely great people like they're yeah. really really great and it was just kind of just expanding another a whole new circle and a whole new world and i think that for most of the people i would know and uh, who came in in regard to program extension it's so important like it, it really really is important to have that side where you can get to know people get a, get a circle of friends that you just enjoy so going to work doesn't even feel like a chore when yeah. you're coming in and there's great people around yeah that's such a huge thing when google has that as well i didn't know accenture had that sort of yeah. culture going where you spend time with the people you huge, work with like yeah. willingly because google <laughs> very much uh has that and what it does is for me anyway is it what it did it it took away this tension that was mm-hmm. always existing in my head and holding me back from being my best in work because i just basically didn't want to be there and when you take that away and you go into somewhere like um, Google or Accenture or whatever it might mm. be, where you just want to be there. Yeah. That tension isn't there and you're actually free to do, to give your best. And like when I was going in, it wasn't necessarily that I was going in and being like, oh God, like I'm new to this place, I need to make friends. It was, I was comfortable going in. I was like, I'm just going to go in and get the job done. Yeah. But it was impossible not to like the people. It was yeah. impossible not to like become one of these people that spends like, like I started like golf lessons there. I never saw myself as a golfer. Like yeah. you just, I don't even see myself going forward as too much of a golfer, but just to get the chance to give it a go. Yeah, like, yeah. You're in this comfort zone where you have people, like-minded people that will just give anything a go with you. Yeah, and they do the they do the annual rugby tour as well, which I know the lads have said. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, cool place to work. And um, jumping into quick fires then. Okay. So we've talked a lot about your time in college. What would you have done differently in college if you had another crack at it? Mine is um, one that I think your parents always say to you, and I really regret not doing this debating. I think debating in college right. is one of these things that's difficult to get into. You don't want to go there on your own. It's hard to find people to do it with you. Yeah. But then when you get into the workplace and you see people, you can really identify the ones who yeah, do debating because they're so good at public speaking. They're so able to get their point across. And even for even if I'd done it for a year, I just think that it's something that, that really stands to you. Yeah, that's huge. Um, something you wish you did differently as a grad? Um, I wish I spoke up a bit more at the start. So now I'm comfortable enough that I'm able to kind of, if I have an idea, if I have um, a point of view that I think is a good way to go, yeah. I can say it. 
Whereas at the start, I'd be a bit nervous. I'm like, I'm new, I'm an analyst, I don't want to say. And they're the ones that stand out, they're the ones that are able to say, do you know what, actually, why are we doing it this way? I think we should do it that yeah. way. As long as, long as, as a, it's the right time and place. Yeah, to sure, it. yeah. But yeah, no, I think just having a bit more confidence going to a workplace that you deserve to be there. There's a link between the debating wish and yeah. that one, for sure. <laughs> um, a lesson you've learned, like to date, be it working in college before, just a, a kind of a, a good life lesson that you've taken so far? I think uh, to not doubt yourself, to really, right, okay. like I overthink everything, I'm like, oh, if I go there, then that's the end, and I'm stuck in that road, or I used to always think in college, like, I'm doing this course, that's the direction I should be going in, just don't doubt yourself, follow what you like to do, and in this, it's different to, like, sometimes I go to my parents for advice, and 99% of the time they're great, but they mm. grew up in a different time where people went into a job and they stuck through it throughout their career, yeah. whereas we're in such a great time where we can actually try out anything, if we don't like it, even within Accenture, I move around to find the area that does suit me, so it's to really just kind of, like, don't doubt yourself and just know what you like and go for it. Well, that's what grad life is about, like, exactly, <laughs> trying, because there is... We are in a different world to the world that most of the people who give us advice were in. And so trying to get this world advice applied to yeah, like even is a, a new challenge. The grad life is so good for me now, but even like when you're in final year college, if I had this voice coming in, like, it's so helpful to kind of look at how other people are going about things because yeah when we look at our parents they're it's not the same as yeah. what they used to do so she's calling herself a graduate saying <laughs> oh god are you a reader is there a book that you've that you've read and um, i was that you would recommend not just a book yeah know. i was given um the alchemist have you oh, read yeah, the alchemist well, yeah yeah and Please. i absolutely loved it yeah it's a short read, so it's I read it in the morning. It's yeah, literally it's, one sitting book like. I got it around Christmas time and I read it like St. Stephen's Day morning because mm. I flew through it. And it's one of those books that's on my bedside locker and you can literally pick it up, open any page of it and read 10 pages. Yeah. And it's such a good guidance book. I don't know if anyone has answers that yet on it, but it, it really is one of those books that I think you'll carry with you throughout your life and you'll always refer back to it. Yeah. And um, going back to what I said about not knowing what to do, which is trust yourself, this book is that. It's literally yeah. follow what you believe in, listen to your inner voice mm. and just go for it. So to answer your question, no, it hasn't been brought up. And so, now that you mentioned it, I'm actually really surprised. Yeah. Because it is the perfect book for <laughs> this exact mission, you know, yeah. helping people A, like get the well I guess A is identify what they want to do and what they have to offer and B have the courage to go and pursue it yeah and basically the way the alchemist uh works is it's a guy called Santiago on a journey uh through kind of the world physically but mm -hmm. it's you know a journey through life and the elements and everyone he meets all work together to work to, to help him basically yeah. and push him along in his goal um and the, the the lesson to take away is tell the world what you want and it will kind of it'll work around to, to help you achieve it yeah so yeah that's actually that's a perfect it's really, recommendation and it's really short so that's what i liked about it too that you yeah. can just fly through it it's not like one of these books that you open and you feel like you're getting nowhere with it yeah yeah so yeah if you're not a reader still read it because yeah. it is it's, it's a morning it takes a morning yeah it's brilliant um and lastly then is there a quote that you kind of keep in your head that yeah so i always feel like when you say a quote <laughs> it sounds embarrassing but at the same time i think this one is very true it has meaning to it and um, it's henry ford's quote and he says uh, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah. And I think that is such a thing, and it ties in with everything I've just said there. Yeah. That it's completely with your own attitude. And um, we've all seen it before in your life. Whether you're like, you know, if, if somebody comes and says like, I'm not going to get up, I'm not going to be able to do that, I'm not going to work today, and you just get up and you go and do it. Mm. That's a small example, but 
I think that linking it back to my experience in third year college when I was like, when I didn't get that internship and you walk away, you could have literally walked out of the room and part of me did think, God, I'm not going to get anything. I'm awful. I'm, I'm, not, I'm unhireable mm. at this stage. And um, speaking to my dad, that's kind of a phrase that he would use a lot. Um, I'm describing you, unhireable. Oh, <laughs> my God, it's unhireable. No, the Henry Ford quote would be... I don't use my unhireable, though. <laughs> the quote would be something that says, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah, so yeah. you just have to change your mindset. And you're like, I can't do it. I deserve a place on any of these programs. Mm. And working towards that. Yeah, huge believer in that. that and I guess, as you say, ties in with the law, uh, with... Uh, the alchemists because they're both mm-hmm. based on this law of attraction what 